You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and look at us, we are slightly tanner from Giants practice. Look at that. It might have been last Thursday, Grump, but uh, we got nice little uh, little bronze on us. You know, it was a perfect day out there. You know, sometimes we go to camp and it's a thousand degrees and we're chugging sometimes. seven... Sometimes... Like every time. Yeah, like 99% of camps, I think it's 1,000 degrees. It yeah, we're, was we're, beautiful out. Yeah, it was great. It was just you know, it was just great to be out watching football activities. You know everybody who listens to this show, listens to all the shows, and reads all offseason. It's all hypothetical. It's all theoretical. But when you're actually hearing pads pop and you're hearing balls catch tips and if you want to let that little piece for later go ahead but um you know it's just good to be back in the swing of things again and you know now we are finally getting into like a regular game week rhythm you know the giants have a football game this weekend yeah um there's something to the crowd reaction to plays as well that is different oh, yeah. than like you know reading about practice obviously even seeing highlights even with the crowd reaction in the background and highlights <laughs> It sounds so high school football, you know what I mean? When it's, it's in a it's highlight a, video, but when you're there, it, you're you're a part of something, you know. It's a fascinating mix of people that go because there's a small percentage who I think are like us, you know, people that are okay. I really want to focus in on this left tackle defensive end battle, you know. I really want to see the technique of something. I want to see this one guy, but the vast majority of people who go are families and kids a lot of kids and and they get super excited when Barkley catches the ball or you know is a big play down the middle and it just reminds everybody that at the end of the day we're all fans and we know it doesn't mean anything it's you know a great catch means that someone on my same team lost a defensive battle but <laughs> yeah I know it, it's just like even if you're not paying attention if you're watching something on the other field and all of a sudden you hear you know, people really excited. It's like, oh, something happened. What happened? So that's part of the whole, you know, training camp. You know, we're all zero and zero. We all think we have a shot at the Super Bowl, and that's kind of one of the things that makes it exciting. Uh, once again, want to thank Giants Daily Trivia for giving us the tickets yeah. to that um, at trivia underscore NYG. It's on the screen there. Super difficult trivia every single day, but we'll make <laughs> you a smarter fan, all around good dude as well. Uh, we got to hang out with Bobby and Justin talking Giants, and um, Alex from Big Blue in the Bronx was diligently taking very good notes. Yeah, um, that guy's a machine. Yeah, shout out to him. I was impressed. And everyone we just mentioned has been going to practice like every single day, um, and their coverage of stuff is going to be a lot more in-depth and probably better than ours with that sort of end of things. Uh, but that's mainly because I don't really want to just repeat things that I hear about because that would be silly, right? And uh, we have day jobs too. We, we would love to be out there every oh, day. Oh, yeah, but, that you know. would be great. But <laughs> So sponsors, yeah. are you out there? 
you know, hey, networks, any podcast networks want to pick up this little program? We'd be more than happy to be out there every single day. And but, you know, we are just fans. So we just give you what we can when we can. So that's okay. Different I, take. Different, I thought this was a great practice for all the training camps that we've ever been to. This was the most smooth I've ever seen in offense. Oh, yeah. I mean, let, let's to reset a little bit. We went last Thursday and it was a uh, wasn't padded. It was just running around in right. um, in helmets and, and, and shorts. And uh, but that doesn't mean it was a walkthrough either. I mean, we saw some well, we saw full battles. speed. Yeah. 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 So that was pretty good. But yeah, it definitely seemed like. It was not a year one camp like we saw last year. It definitely seemed like it was more purpose in what things were doing. Um, it, it always, and I, I say this every year, it seems like it's the fastest two hours in the world. Like we're there and these things are happening. They're in, you know, 10 minute groupings and, you know, the whistle blows and we on to something. And before you know it, it's over. I mean, it goes really, really fast and they, they get a lot accomplished in it. So it's an impressive job. You know, I, I know it takes months of training and uh, preparation for how everything is scripted down to the literally down to the minute but it really you know for the limited amount of practice they do they get a lot done oh yeah um there is very little dawdling time in between drills there's no i mean like every second is accounted for and and that's normal um that's around the league yeah Um, of course but this was I know it was like shorts and shells, and it was it's kind of a ramp up to the full pads that happened later. Um, one thing that I noticed, we've seen DJ last year, and we can talk about the Wink Martindale throwing the whole defense at him while he's learning an offense. But this was the first time that DJ just looked locked in. He had a couple of like... Uh, uh, so some things I noticed about him that were different other than you know, being locked in, but, um, he was taking riskier shots than I've ever seen him take. Maybe going back to Pat Shermer, but a lot more, um, throws in tight windows. Not that he doesn't do that normally, but a lot more deep shots. Um, testing, like testing defensive players, putting the ball in playable position for wide receivers to win a one-on-one battle and stuff like that. Um, But more than that, it's that he looked just comfortable. He looked like what I remember, and this is not comparing the two players. I just mean in terms of poise and comfort. He looked like what I remember Eli Manning looking like in training camp. That's my only other training camp comparison. I haven't been to training camp and seen any other quarterbacks. So this is, to me, it just feels like Daniel Jones is finally a veteran. He looks set. He looks comfortable. This is his offense, his team. I it, it's like a visual thing now, right? Well, I mean, I mean, it's hard to believe, but this is his fifth year, mm-hmm. and you know, this is his second year in this offense, and he hasn't had many second years in an offense because between all the, you know, the head coaches and, and offensive coordinators he's had over the years and everything, so. He should be looking like this at this point. Yeah, and- yeah, exactly. He should be. So when I'm saying this, I'm not saying, oh, Daniel Jones is now like in the top 15 conversation. Nothing like that it has nothing to do with ability. All no. I'm saying is that it's comforting for me as a fan to see him look and act exactly how I would expect a veteran quarterback to look and act like. And it's the first time I've ever felt like I really saw it like this. And That's- you know something? Daniel Jones is 
probably storyline number 13 right now on the Giants, mm-hmm. if you think about mm-hmm. it. That, you know, for the last couple of years, it was, are they going to pick up this fifth-year option? You know, has he earned the right to do that? Oh, they didn't. Are they going to re-sign him? Are there question marks, question marks, question marks? Is this guy good enough? Turnovers. You name the storyline of the day of the week of the month. This has been like a DJ free zone really since he got signed. I mean, we debated, you know, we collectively, everybody debated, is the contract worth it? That news cycle came and went. But ever since then, it's just sort of like he's the quarterback. And we went out there. We weren't looking with a fine tooth comb for every little thing that he did. It's like, has he progressed? Has he not progressed? Is he the quarterback, not the quarterback? He's just doing his thing. And it's the first time in a very long time that we don't have to worry about that position and that player. That doesn't mean he's going to be an all pro. That doesn't mean he's going to suck this year. It's just saying for right now, it's very nice. And for a franchise to not have to have your first question, your first bullet point, what is the status of my quarterback? That is very refreshing. I think it's very refreshing as much for the head coach and the assistants and the other players as it is for the fans that are in the stands. Yeah, well said. Um, other thing was we got lucky enough where I guess early on in camp, Jalen Hyatt was kind of buried a little bit in the depth chart. He had to work his way up. We got to see him with first-team reps, and man, I, I mean, I think it's pretty well documented. I wasn't super excited about Jalen Hyatt coming here. I thought, you know, perfect value in the third round, whatever. I think he's great talent, a great addition to this offense but you know not this complete wide receiver one or anything like that that's gonna completely transform the offense and i don't think that he will but he is electric dude he flew downfield was busting first team coverage really really well um two really long touchdowns i think he caught everything his way we didn't see many drops at all from anybody during during the day the offense was humming yeah i I saw him in Knoxville last year. I went up for the Florida-Tennessee game, and you know that was a game where there was well over a thousand yards between the two teams. And you know, Hooker and Ar were throwing the ball all over the place, and, and uh, Hyatt was, you know. But it's one of those things—the the kind of little gimmicky, goofy offense that Tennessee has, like Florida State does. It's like, is his success a product of this system that they're running, or is he just naturally gifted? And at the time, we're like, well, I don't know. But, you know, when you get to see with your own eyes and drills in a, in a pro set that the Giants are trying to do and in a real offense that's trying to do, and you see, you know, him splitting corners and, and splitting a safety just on a, a, a deep post and making a, a catch like that, even just before he even made the catch, just the separation he's getting. I mean, the last burner we really had who could do that was John Ross. And, I mean, let's face it. He can't he really, really catch not, that well. He, he, yeah, he, he was a burner. He wasn't a receiver. And he really didn't move the needle that much on this offense. And, you know, the more confidence he instills in the coaching staff and in um, and, and Daniel Jones, you know, the quicker he's going to have more of an impact on this team. And as you know, in this league, big plays are very important. Get, you know, chunk yardage, uh, scoring – you know, quicker scoring drives that separates the average teams and the very good teams. And, you know, he has the potential to provide that for the receiving game as much as, you know, 
we are counting on Saquon Barkley to potentially be that from the running game. He has the possibility to provide that, which we really don't have from any of these other receivers that we have right now. Um, absolutely. I am really excited. to. I think the last time we had a burner other than John Ross was Lewis Murphy. Bill Gator? I mean, yeah. from way back when? I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> that's a long time ago. 15 maybe? And that was 14. And and to be honest, that was kind of past his prime Lewis Murphy too. Oh yeah. I mean, you're you're talking a decade after I was out from Florida. Yeah. Um I also thought Saquon looked pretty sprightly in practice. It's not easy to see a lot of running back stuff in practice, especially not full pads, but even then they're not really tackling, you know, around the legs and diving at people. But in receiver drills, he was looking nuts, and he absolutely cooked Bobby Okereke and then just casually one-handed catch. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. He looked mm-hmm. it, he looked fantastic. The simple fact he was out there right. is a win is a win for me because again we wasted this whole off season worrying about when he, are we going to see. He missed are zero we, practices. He missed, and he was you know. And whatever he does in training camp, whatever he feels comfortable and get ready to camp, you know, I'm sure that the coaches are signing off on. So he's doing what he has to do. He's not proving he has to prove himself to anybody or anything. You know, just bubble wrap the guy, make sure he doesn't get hurt. And lastly, I, I got to see Trey Hawkins with my own eyes. Um, thought he looked good. I also thought somebody I don't know anything about, and I meant to write this down, and I didn't. Um, and look up some more stuff about him. But two times, Jamon Green, a, like, I believe an undrafted free agent, but definitely a rookie DB that we have, I don't know anything about, caught my eye two times in one-on-one drills. Um, but yeah, Trey Hawkins absolutely looked like he belonged with the first team when he was out there. He did not embarrass himself at all. Good. Competition. This is why we have training camp. It's not only to get ready for the season, but provide competition for who's with the ones, who's with the twos, who's on the roster. And if these guys are pushing each other, he may not ultimately be much of anything. But if he's providing a push for other guys, then that's a positive. Um, this week, just uh, today, as we're recording this, so just Monday, Marcus McKeithen and Ashawn Robinson were activated off of the PUP list, which is awesome news Marcus McKeithen adds additional offensive line depth we're going to probably see him get slowly worked in but that's some guard uh right guard competition which um you stated I believe we were at practice that is your biggest concern right now yeah the interior o-line is still my concern um and Ashawn Robinson is I mean I don't think I really need to go into too much detail here, but that that is a premier player to be added to the defensive line that's already pretty stacked with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Raheem Nunez Roches. I I feel like you know we've been talking about waiting for him, you know, all offseason. We're waiting (laughs) for him to sign. We're waiting for him to get off PUP. So it's it's it's, there's been a massive buildup from our standpoint of okay. I'm finally ready to have him be a member of this team. I'm ready to have him on the on the field and practicing and see what he can do. Um, this week we have joint practices with Detroit. They're going out to Michigan to practice for their game this weekend at Ford Field. Um, 
I love it. Do you expect any fights in practice? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. I want you to guess who, if not the only fight, then the biggest fight, which giant is the instigator in question? <laughs> um, let's go with a guy like Leonard Williams. Yeah. Somebody that Somebody that, you know... Probably doesn't want to do this in the first place. He's a veteran. He's been there long enough. And just, you know, they'd be banging around with each other for a couple of days. And just as going to get annoyed by being, you know, maybe a, a shady little block or something. And just get annoyed and just loses loses cool. I'm going to make a guess. And this is not a judgment on character. But I'm going to say the Giants instigator is going to be Jalen Hyatt. I think he's going to burn somebody mm. one too many times. And I don't even know if he has to say anything, but just be excited for himself might start a fight. <laughs> well, you know, we saw a massive brawl in baseball a couple of days ago where, you know, basically it was like a, a taunting thing. So, you know, I really, I was actually really glad to see that. And I would like, you know, even in the NFL, I am sick and tired of these guys that showboat after every play and have all this stuff. And, you know, if somebody kind of like stands over someone or tries to do the taunting, go beat the shit out of that guy. So especially <laughs> in training camp. So, you know, something if Hyatt does that, you know, he's new in the league and he wants to be cocky about it, you know, buyer beware. I I, I just think as a league, I, I, I'm tired of it. it. It's none of it's pre-planned. None of it's spontaneous. It's all act. It's all, you know, trying to get something clipped for, for social media is trying to build your brand. So, you know, this team is here to do a job and to, you know, to prepare and to win. I, I hope we don't see anything like that, but I, I could certainly see it being possible. I don't even know if he has to do anything. I think just the act of winning one-on-one so badly might start a fight. I mean, like, he may not even be the one to do anything. It could just be something after the play gets said to him, and then he says, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even mean to bring the celebration into it. I think it was just going to be a matter of being embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then chirping, escalating. Yeah. But I think there's two things. You know, this is preseason, and this is practice. So, I mean, I love bringing, you know, different teams to do these joint practices because to me, it's you're seeing something different. I mean, you know, as much as Wink is going to throw the kitchen sink, the offense kind of has a feeling of what's happening because they know the formation. They've been practicing, you know, even during OTAs, they see things. Bringing something new is just, you know, it, it adds an element that's closer to the regular season. Um, but having said that, these are professionals. There's not, these aren't competitions. These are, these are practices. They're both, they're trying to get things accomplished. I don't think that sense of, competition in these practices is going to be there as much now maybe in the preseason game on friday that's different even if it's a preseason game but i don't think i think when you see these brawls happening in camp with these especially these you know inner squad ones it's usually the result of you know somebody grabs a face mask or the whistle blows and they're still engaged and that type of thing happens right so that's why i have a feeling leonard williams as my my uh, my long shot pick for being something where he's going full bore and something happens and he gets pissed. I could see it. I didn't say it was a bad answer. Um, 
so I haven't, and we haven't really talked about depth chart stuff. Um, and there's like a reason for that. I think that with this coaching staff, especially they are doing a lot of practice tinkering just to tinker. I think they are giving a lot of people opportunities at first team reps and I think they also, in doing that and having an allotment of some full, some half, some not at all pads-wise, mm-hmm. um, means that some guys at certain positions may get more first-team looks um, overall and still be in just as much you know roster bubble territory as you would have thought if they had less. Uh, I, I, you know what I mean? I just think that there's a lot of moving pieces involved and a lot of trying to move around depth and see what guys can and can't do that it's not worth investing too much into who got first team reps today and who who didn't have it yesterday um and and, and you know that is news because like I do think that some guys have earned snaps more legitimately like I think Jalen Hyatt working his way up from the third team to the first team was legitimately earned through practice time I think the same thing with Trey Hawkins um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm not saying that that's useless information. I'm just saying that I don't take a lot of stock into it. That being said, after this preseason game is when I'm going to start taking more notice of that. After real live game reps and communication errors and, you know, maybe a really athletic play or, or just something like that, all of that now there is actual film for them to adjust off of, especially after this joint week of practice. I think we'll hear reports about guys who stand out this week and after the game that will affect next week in a way that I think you can start beginning to draw conclusions from. There's still a ton of time and there's a lot of people to be cut, but I just wanted to make that. That's like a big thing that I think is going to change in the way I watch and read about practices going forward. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that, you know, we're in a day and age now, I mentioned before how things are scripted and choreographed. These these training camps and these practices, the coaches have exact things they want to see. Even like what you said earlier, talking about uh, Daniel Jones, like he was throwing balls more into windows. That might be something where they discussed it before. And it's like, I want to see how this defense and these receivers react. I want you to you know, something you may not normally do. I want to see it. I want to see reaction on the field too. So, you know, everything right now is a, is different combinations. You may not see in the preseason game or in September and going forward. It's everything now is just to get data points, get information. Um, when the lights go on Friday night, you know, you'll start seeing things for real and the reaction from what they see Friday night. So you're right. It's kind of a, Every, just observe now, take notes, get data, get opinions, and then we can start formulating this into what we think is going to happen going forward. And speaking on Friday night, um, give me two people on offense that you are excited to see and tell me a little bit about why. All right. I am going to look at the wide receiver uh, area because I am – more of an offensive minded guy than defensive guy. And I like to watch plays develop and I like to see things. I'm going to be looking at two wide receivers. I'm going to be looking at our youngest wide receiver and our elder statesman. I am excited to watch Jalen Hyatt with live bullets. You know, it's one thing in practice. 
let's see what happens when he may not be completely know what the coverage is going to be or what another team is going to do. Um, you know, this is a time you're trying to build a team confidence and stuff, not only in the team, but fans. And, you know, if we see something, you know, the, the amount of people who saw, you know, that catch that we saw in person is a very, very tiny percentage of, you know, the giant fan base. And even the ones you see on clips, that's still a small version. If you're on the internet, you know, you probably didn't see it. But if something like that happens on Friday night when that game is broadcast on TV and, you know, that becomes a thing like, oh, did you see that catch? You know, that is an element, like we said, of this team we have not seen in a long time, the big play capability from the passing game. And if he does that, it kind of gets people excited. So I, I'm interested to see how he handles, you know, live action for the first time. Um, and I want to see Sterling Shepard. Um, He's an important piece to this offense that I want to see, you know, he's probably not going to play that much, but I want to see him going a hundred percent. I want to see, is, is he back? Is he really ready to play? Is if he is, you know, that opens up a lot of possibilities for this offense, a lot of, you know, different combinations of receivers if they're in 12 or in, you know, whatever thing they're going to do. Um, if he doesn't look that sharp, that's okay. I mean, he's coming back from injury and, but if he comes back and looks good, that's going to get me very excited. So on offense, I'm looking at two receivers. I'm really excited to see John Michael Schmitz. I am. Mm. It is. It has been. I love Nick Gates, but um, I have higher hopes for John Michael Schmitz over time. So oh. I'm excited to see where we are starting from. I am excited to see. Uh, what the middle of the pocket starts to look like. Do we consistently see, you know, room for Daniel Jones to step up in the pocket? I mean, a lot of times last year with escaping the pocket, there was a lane for him to step up and then out. uh, And that's pretty good. You like to see stuff like that. But like, is he able to just step up and be comfortable and then be able to throw? Uh, And, you know, the other thing is, how much better is the guard play with a rock solid, steady center, an experienced center between them? And I say experienced, I know he's a rookie, but Nick Gates is a convert to center. And he was the most steady center we've had in a long time. And that was a guy who literally learned it for the team. John Michael Schmitz has been a center for four years now. He's a guy I, when we went back and did our final draft talk, that's a guy I wanted to draft, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, and the one thing I am going to do is I'm not going to freak out if, you know, somebody just gets past him and gets to Daniel sure. Jones or he has a rough game. I mean, as we talked about with Andrew Thomas, as we talked about with Evan Neal, as we'll talk about with with uh, the Smith, he's a rookie in this league. And the Big Ten is the Big Ten. The SEC is the SEC, but the NFL is the NFL. Right. He's going to have periods. He's going to have a snap. He's going to have a series. He's going to have a game. He's going to struggle. And that's okay. So let's not lose our shit if, you know, there's a you know a bull rush up the middle or something and, and uh, Daniel Jones gets a clean shot. That doesn't mean it was a wasted draft pick. Does not say bust and all that nonsense. He. These guys have to play. Um, I'm also excited to see Paris Campbell. I am really excited to see all the fun ways that he can be used. 
I want to see how coverage has to adjust to him there. I want to see what that opens up when he's not the focal point of the play. I just think that that is a really under-talked-about chess piece for two very brilliant football minds on offense to deploy, you know, especially with other people like Saquon. There's just so many fun ways you can use a guy like Paris Campbell in this offense. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm just excited to see what I expect will only be the very, very tip of the iceberg. <laughs> so I'm going to be yeah. excited to see this like build over time, but I need this like this first game experience. I really need to focus on it. I'm just very interested in how he's used. Why don't you maybe, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Say, I feel like he's a guy we're going to see a little more than, you know, you know, oh, I can't wait to see Darren Waller too, obviously. But I mean, how much is he really going to play in a game like this? You know, first right. game. So someone like him, you might see, you know, a couple more series than you know some of these other obvious guys like obvious ones i mentioned so yeah that's a good pick why don't you tell me about two defensive guys you're excited for well i mean Dante banks obviously i want to see him out there and again i'm putting him almost to the same standard as i am for john michael smith he's a rookie cornerback in this league and there are going to be plays he's going to struggle and i am 100 percent prepared for that however I think you you used a line earlier. I want to see what, what the base is with this guy. What are we starting with? Are we looking at a guy that looks completely lost out there or somebody that I can see the green shoots with this guy? Like, yeah, he seems to kind of get it. He obviously needs polishing and needs reps to go. But, uh, you know, definitely want to see him out there and to see what he can do. He may not be out there very long, and he also may not be facing – you know, first team receivers very long. And if he's, even if he is out there a little longer, but I'm definitely going to be interested to watch him to see, you know, what we have with him and Bobby Karake. I'm interested in seeing, Uh, I believe, did they decide he's going to have the green dot on his helmet? Has that been, I don't know if anything's been decided, but I know he's had it. He's had it. And I, I am very interested to see him again. I don't think we're going to see him much in this game, but you know, he's going to be kind of counted on to be the leader back there. And I want to see not only, you know, how he plays, obviously, but I want to see some of the leadership things that I expect to see from him. Even if he's not with the the green dot, you know, making sure guys are in the right place, you know, being a vocal leader back there. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this before the season starts, like who the guys we're kind of counting on this year. He's somebody I think is much more important to this team than really, you know, the talk of, has been for this team. You know, down there in Waller, like I said, everybody, you know, what a huge addition that is for this team. But getting him, I think, could be massively important for this defense. So I'm going to be interested in watching him for the time he's out there as well. Yeah, two super important picks right there. Uh, first round pick always, um, especially at a position of need going forward. Uh, Bobby Okereke, we haven't had a good linebacker on this team since, what, Michael Bowley? Yeah, Before pretty much. Before that, Antonio Pierce? I mean, geez. I feel like I'm growing hair just thinking back that far. You know, it's something how we were just like, oh, how do we make the money work for Blake Martinez? But it's like... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but I... He was I, a functional... I, I, yeah, he was a functional... is better. Yes. Yeah. Um... I am excited to see Aziz Ojolari, and he's one that I do not expect to see much of. But So last year was excited, but 
uh, cautious about um, seeing him. You know, he put on a ton of muscle last year. He's a young guy, so he still has the ability to put on muscle very quickly. Um, and he put on a shitload of muscle, but a lot of like upper body muscle. And I was like thinking then, like I don't know how his like joints are going to be able to handle all that extra weight at high speeds. And he just had injury issues all year. This past year, he has spent a lot of his time toning back his weight lifting regimen. But he's at about the same weight he was last year. But he spent a lot of time doing hot yoga, improving flexibility, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what he looks like because in the short time that we did get to see him, he was outstanding. I mean, I think he had like five and a half sacks in something like seven he, games. He has a certainly potential if we have a healthy defensive line. You know, if everybody, you know, the uh, the, the tackles stay healthy, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is, takes that next step. This could be the guy that can all of a sudden, you know, start cleaning up in stats. You know, he could, yeah, I say reap the statistical benefits. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm excited to see him. We didn't really get to see him last year, so that's some holdover excitement. Um, <laughs> and I'm excited to see Cordell Flott. Um, he is a dude that we took last year. I didn't know jack about. Um, I did like a player profile on him, and I. As soon as I did like a deep dive work on him, I was like, "Ooh, this is this is fun. I like this dude. He can move around. He's got the length to play outside, but he's you know quick and shifty enough to play on the inside. He's super physical. And now we're seeing him. He's a year older. We saw him in some spurts last year, and he stood up to the test really well. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's looking like he's in a real competition to get some slot snaps. I don't think he's being considered on the outside at all." Um, Nevertheless, uh, I'm excited to see him right now. I I think that's going to be cool. I, you know, the slot corner position is super important. The more DBs you have, the better you are. I like him in the slot position for blitzes as well. I think that he's going to be a fun dude to watch. Uh, I'm hoping that we get to see quite a bit of him this week, but I'm just excited for him for this season in general. Yeah, I like that. Good pick. Man, and that's it for us. So... I don't know when we're going to do another episode. I'm going to be on oh. vacation over the weekend. I'm going to see if hopefully I'm able to record remotely for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if not, it might be a couple of days late. That's all. It's the summer. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we are going to stick with our normal record Monday night into Tuesday. So by the time, you know, by the time Tuesday happens anyway, you all have watched the game on Friday night and you'll have your initial thoughts. We'll, we'll definitely have ours as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah this I'm, is not, still... I'm not amplifying this preseason game reaction to a whole episode over the weekend. That wasn't yeah. going to happen whether I was here or yeah. not. You know, I, I go back to my days when I lived in Tampa in the nineties and that was a big sports radio thing where the first preseason buck came and people would call up. I can't believe how vanilla this offense is. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Guys, it's preseason, and that's kind of how I feel now. This is a, this is a, a real time practice, you know, in, in real live game conditions, and it's the best way to evaluate. And um, that's all it is. I'm not worried about play calls. I'm not worried about uh, my biggest worry is people getting hurt. And as long right. as no one gets hurt, let them get their let. Let's get more tape for for um, coaches to make adjustments to players. And they start making evaluations because 
what is the um what is the schedule this year? There's again only one cutdown, right? We're not doing the two cutdowns like right. in the past. Yeah, and so, there's only three preseason games too. There's only three pre. That's you know, thank the Lord. I mean, for as a fan, thank God. Um, but that's less opportunity for the coaches to do what they have to do. Right. So, yeah, that does make these games more important. I would say. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have less snaps to impress. So, yes. well, in any case, whether our episode. I mean, I guess follow us on Twitter. Uh, for to to find out when the episode's going to be, I guess I'm going to try yeah. and make it happen on its normal Tuesday morning, but it may not happen. It might be like a Wednesday morning thing. We'll see. Um, but yeah. Um, otherwise, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., or YouTube, you will just be notified when the episode is live. So that yeah, we had a we had a nice bump in subscribers and views on YouTube this week. I mean, football is back, and we appreciate you know all the new subscribers and all the views. So if you are a Giant fan, and uh, tell a friend, you know we'd like to get as many people as possible uh, watching. It makes the content better for us and for you. So we appreciate all the comments and and the subs and the views. So thank you, everybody. That's right, and we will see you next week. Until then. Go Giants. Go Giants.